Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Here we go, man. Another great day of basketball. P, what you sipping on over there? This is um, this is like uh, this is apple juice, mm. but mixed with something. Mixed with uh, what? It's a drink, like uh, it, not an alcohol drink, but like you can buy like an apple juice that has like different flavors of apple juice. It's like a cherry apple juice type thing. Oh, okay. Oh. See, it, it made it look like wine. Exactly. I like yeah. it. He got in a wine glass. I got special cups that I only drink out of, and I couldn't find any. So I went with the wine glass. But why, why you got those, P? What? They, they made you have special cups. No, I just like certain cups. I only eat out of certain cups and certain dishes. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined that. But um, let me turn you down a little bit, emails, because you obnoxious. But y'all ever drunk a Juicy Juice when y'all was younger? Of course. Of course. This reminds me of a juicy juice that I used to drink when I was younger, and I don't know what it is, but it tastes just like it. So I've been drinking this a lot. It mm-hmm. does look like a, a rosé wine ish type thing, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because it's like ten o'clock in the morning. So I, we may have had to sit you down and have a little intervention if you was drinking yeah, wine nah. right now. <laughs> D Mills, you popping got like, Chilling, man. Chilling. D Mills got his blurry Jimmy Butler back there. I mean. It happens for some reason. I'm it not. not happen. I'm I'm bad luck with these pictures. Every picture I take, for some reason, it just come out blurry. Was that Mike or I think Mike? It was Mike that was saying like you like the the young, old, out of tech type. Like you just not good with tech <laughs> because you young as shit. I'm a fine young man with a grown man mind. Okay. You do not have a grown man mind. He doesn't. Somebody with a grown man mind, grown man mind is like Kyron. Kyron is like a, a grown man, man. Mm, people don't eh. get that, though. Uh, a little bit. Either way, we had basketball yesterday. Um, was it? We had basketball news yesterday. Basketball news. Y'all want to get into this the news topics before we get into the game? Yep. Yeah. Ma- Montrezl Harrell. Before we get into that, okay. we want to tell them that they should rate us five stars on Spotify. They should download us on Spotify. We know y'all like to visually watch the episodes, but... The incentives that we can get um, from certain performances on the charts or, you know, just in the podcast rankings would also be beautiful. So if you want to help us in all areas of growing um, as far as opportunities and just things you would never guess, make sure you're doing the extra steps for us. And we will uh, throw the love back to y'all as we do with our episodes. When all season come, we don't leave y'all behind. We still give y'all two, two episodes a week. In a pandemic, we still deliver two episodes a week. To help y'all get through um, all the downtime y'all had. So please return the favor. And it's not just uh, Spotify too. It's uh, Apple Apple Podcasting. Um, Basically anywhere you could listen to a podcast. Go ahead, download. Go ahead, listen. Because it does help us as Pete mentioned. Cool. I'm glad you remember that. Because I forgot again. I forgot again. Uh, So yeah. News. Uh, Montrezl Harrell won sixth man of the year. It was close between him. Dennis Schroeder came in number two. And then we got some Lou Will, we got some other names here and there, but it was Montrezl Harold to officially take it away. Um, a lot of people were surprised by this, but I personally wasn't. I would have gave my votes to Dennis Struder, but I cannot complain about Montrezl Harold because he put up crazy numbers too. He's the first person to come off the bench and average, I think it was like 18 and 7 off the bench since Kevin McHale won six man of the year in the late 90s or late 80s. So, you know, 
he did, he deserved it as well as Dennis Schroeder, so I can't complain. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't mad. I didn't think a lot of people were saying he got robbed, and I was like, uh, it's, it's a close battle. The numbers say it, and you can see his impact immediately when he steps on the court. He just brings a different vibe to that team. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I thought it was going to Dennis Shooter, but like you said, Manchester definitely even made a jump for himself this year. Not only just for like kind of like the numbers wise, but I remember just watching him. Like he added a nice little like post game to where you can give him the ball on the block or. He added some to his playmaking. He jumped a little bit more on the defensive side. So not only just like the numbers wise was he better a little bit, but I just like on for a feel for the game wise he was better too. Yep. No, yeah, I agree with you, Mike. Um, obviously nobody's here to knock um, Montrez Hero, but I did think it was a surprise because I just felt like I felt like Shooter had it in the bag, and I feel like that's why people are saying it was a robbery, not because anybody is thinking Montrez Hero doesn't deserve it, but it did feel like it was going to be uh, Dennis Schroeder's to take. I really thought like it was going to be his for sure. So it was it was a, a little catch off guard, but I don't mind it because I feel like so many awards, we were just like, this is him, this is him. So for us to get a little switch up that we wasn't expecting, uh, or at least that I wasn't expecting, I'm fine with, because it, it was all even between the top two and three. You could throw Lou Will in there too, mm, but yeah. um, that was like the first award that when it popped up on my phone, I was like, whoa. You know, but because everything else is kind of like, oh, yeah, we knew, I mean, we know. Yeah. The next award is just like, see... I think, right? Brandon Ingram won it, but if Bam would have won it, I think people wouldn't have been like, oh, Bam didn't deserve it, but it would have kind of been like, oh, I thought this was Brandon Ingram's. Right. Right. Come on back, baby. The next award that's going to be announced is MVP. And it's going to be very weird to see Giannis take this MVP award if he's still in the, sitting at the crib instead of inside the bubble. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a little awkward situation, Dwayne Casey-esque. Um, but I, I guess we'll get into that when Let's we talk about it. that. The Miami Heat take a 3-0 series lead on a Derrick. We got to talk about the other stuff. What's the other stuff? Steve Nash. Oh, yeah. Steve Nash got hired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a weird pickup. It could was very out. surprising. Go ahead, talk, talk, Mike. This is why we, yeah, go ahead. I like this. I don't know, man. I just seemed like they needed somebody who who was already going to have the game plan and have the coaching down packed. I think added Steve Nash to, to the mix is just like, it's, a, it's another experiment to what you already had a solid foundation with KD and Kyrie coming back. Well, yeah, I think having KD and Kyrie is an experiment in itself. Uh, KD's coming off that Achilles injury. You got the, a new coach. There's going to be a lot of moving pieces with trades, and that whole team is going to be completely brand new. And then you just putting, and then you got a new coach. I mean, it's all new. Yeah. I, I think mean, their past, what I was going to say is, I think their past, that little like, I, the, the past few years, the Nets have been decent to, you know, fight for those playoff spots, but it felt like they were always like those scrappy teams, like, and they had, uh, like, Joe uh, Joe Harris and um, Torian Prince, like the people that come ups who kind of made that team. But now, like I said, they got their stars and they got their foundation. I felt like they just needed a more established coach. But I mean, it's a chance for Steve Nash you could take. He's a very high, IQ, very high IQ guy. So you got to give him that at most. Yeah, very respected amongst yeah. the league. So at least he has that for him. I was trying, I'm trying to look at it like the Steve Kerr signing. Uh, Steve Kerr didn't have any head coaching experience um, before he just, you know, signed to be the Warriors coach. He had some, like, um, 
consulting jobs. He was a general manager of the Suns. You know, he worked like on the back end. And that's kind of similar to Steve Nash because Steve Nash has worked on the back end of the Golden State Warriors. He's been a consultant for multiple teams and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, it came out of nowhere, but it's not like, I don't think it's a super crazy hire. It was, um, it was Blake Griffin. I was listening to Blake Griffin on somebody's show and he was like, believe it or not, head coaching is like 80% just dealing with personalities more than it is with like X's and O's and stuff. So if that's the case, then Steve Nash should be a good hire, you know, because he had time with Kyrie Irving working out with him in the offseason. He worked with Kevin Durant with the Golden State Warriors, and the rest of the stuff should fall into place. I mean, I could see a world where this fails miserably, but I can also see a world where he comes in and the Brooklyn Nets are one of the best teams in the league because they have the talent, and now they just have a guy that can manage the talent too. Yeah, I'm glad you watched that interview or whatever because me and my dad literally had a, the conversation a week ago. I forget what we was talking about, but I think Coach of the Year w was given out or something. And he was just saying that, like, <clears throat> coaching is basically babysitting at the NBA level. Uh, we obviously understand that, you know, you're going to have to call some plays and make things happen like that. But for, for the most part, every coach has some type of establishment to do that. Like, I don't think anybody is hired. Um, and they don't know how to call plays. But a lot of it is managing the egos, um, being a player's coach, which is a conversation uh, we've had on this podcast a few times. And, yeah, I mean, that's just what it is. And I think that um, when you have guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and, and what people uh, think of, of those two in certain ways or what people have seen from them, you definitely want to have somebody in there that, that they respect and that they'll be willing to listen to when they get in those situations of, you know, having to check the ego, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. But that's a guy that there that they respect. Um, and it's a, it's a great basketball mind. This isn't just like a rookie head coach that this isn't like Vinny Del Negro. Like this is Steve Nash, a two-time MVP. Um, one of the best point guards that we've ever seen. And one of the, the engines to one of the best offenses that has like kind of changed and modernized and modernized the NBA to a certain degree. So every, the, the way that the NBA is going as far as pace and stuff, like he was doing that almost 20 years ago, which is crazy to think about. It's crazy. Like in 2003, they were playing this brand of basketball, like the same concept, pace and space, and we're running up and down. Um, so that I, I like it from that aspect, that aspect. I think if they don't succeed or meet expectations, it'll be because of the other things. Like I think they have things that need to be questioned that are outside of Steve Nash. Like, what do you do with Spencer? What do you do with Karras? Jared Allen, like, are they trading these guys? Are they keeping them? Are they, like, who's going to be uh, somebody that, if they are going to trade them, who's the third guy that they're trying to put next to Katie and Kyrie? I think those are the make or break things. Mm -hmm. um, but I like Steve Nash uh, for this hire. Um, I disagree with Stephen A. Smith and what he was saying. I don't think this has anything to do with white privilege. Um, I understand what he's saying, and I think white privilege and things like that does happen in, in multiple sports when it comes to coaching and front office jobs and things like that. But I think this one is because Steve Nash is a two-time MVP. It's not because he's white. Like, <laughs> the two-time, he's one of the greatest point guards we've ever seen. I, I understand what Stephen A. Smith is trying to say. I just think this is the wrong case to use it in when there's been so many others he could have used. Like, Vinny Del Negro would have been perfect to use like that, like that situation or even others. But I feel like when you have a two time MVP, one of the best to ever play at his position, he's probably going to get a chance if he wants it. 
Yeah. Not you know what? You know what makes me curious now? I, it always happens when you do like associations and you got to sign head coach or something like. Steve Nash is always there. I forget what like Jim, his Jim Duncan, Vince Carter. Yeah, I forget what, like his potentials were. Like, was his offense good as a coach? His defense good as a coach? It's funny now, but it's gonna be definitely a, a story to see, especially if he can have like, like KB said, like it's just they have the talent if they're like a top three seed, and I mean he's there coaching for his first year. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a good like mentorship for Gary. I think he's gonna be a good fit for him. He can help him, like probably untap certain things in his game that he probably didn't know he had. You're gonna probably see a different offense from the Brooklyn Nets that might favor Kyrie and Kevin Durant a little bit more. So I think that's gonna be real good to see. I think it was always gonna favor them, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't uh, think he's gonna be running through DeAndre Jordan. Jacques Vaughn stays as the head assistant, which is great because he he was a great coach in the bubble for uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And then they have a few other coaching spots open that they'll try to fill with guys that Steve Nash really likes. So overall, I think it's I think it's an interesting hire. Um, is there any more news before I even get back to the playoff games? Not that I know of. Hmm. I think the, that was the big one, and I completely forgot. I be forgetting, man. We do like two shows a week, and like that period of time between, I never know if it's something we've already talked about or you mm. know where it falls. But let's get to playoff games. You know, the Bucks are down 3-0, the number one seed, the team that was on pace to win 66 games, the, the highest point differential almost in NBA history, the best fourth quarter team in almost NBA history, down 3-0. Down 3-0. This has got to be the most embarrassing one seed I've seen. No, uh, like, I can't say. I can, I can name some other Coach Bud teams that were one <laughs> seeds and were embarrassing. You, yep, that Atlanta Hawks team. I forgot about that Didn't one. Didn't Toronto get the ass smoked as a one seed? Yes, they did. They they ran into LeBron in like the second round one of these years. Yeah, LeBron just... shit. Yeah, yeah. When he swept them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I see what you're saying though, especially because like this team, um, if you look at the odds, were a heavy favorite to win a championship going into the bubble, and they're down 3-0 to a team that, uh, if you remember, once we got to like the, because I've been rewatching a lot of our episodes from the past. And we were doing a preseason ranking, and we were comparing our rankings to like ESPNs. A lot of these big publications didn't even have the Miami Heat as like a top seed. They had them like seven, eighth, and we were on the show like, "No, this team is good. This team is gonna be good." And here they are taking out the one seed. No one seed or no no team has been down 0-3 and come back in this series. So it is a wrap. It is done. It is it's over with. Western of uh, the Eastern Conference Finals come Miami. I hope so for the Miami Heat. I mean. Uh, somebody's gonna have to do the three zero. I'm yeah. not saying it's gonna be the Bucks, um, but I hope uh, because I came in and said I, Miami was gonna be my team for the bubble unless Philly made a run. So I'm hoping that they don't shit the bed. I don't even want them to let them win a game. I want to yeah, see this. I want to see the Bucks get swept. Let's make it as dramatic as possible so it can be. Because I'm already getting these things uh, in my DMs about Giannis. Um, and to me, it's, it's so ridiculous. I think Giannis is, what, 25? If he isn't, he's just turned 26. Um, I, I don't think – I know it's fun in Twitterverse to put jerseys on people, but I don't think this means you have to leave at all. I just think there needs to be some adjustments. Mm. Um, and now if Giannis wants to leave – I wouldn't blame He him. just don't want to be in Milwaukee, then you leave. Even if you win, shit, then leave. If you don't want to be somewhere, don't be somewhere. Like, I don't care how – if I don't care – unless you were 82-0 and – leave if you i'm always i'm going to say if you don't want to be somewhere don't go i mean don't be there because i mean it's just going when they the minute things don't go right you're going to be you're going to explode because you already don't want to be there <laughs> that's like Kyrie. when it's when the Cavs were like solid 
I was all for it. Yeah, leave. Don't be with LeBron and, and be in Cleveland if that's not where you want to be, even though y'all are a title contender every year. Because the minute something goes you're not your way or goes wrong, you're going to explode because you didn't even want to be there when things was going right. And sure enough, LeBron dipped after that. So imagine Kyrie is like, I don't want to be here, but I'm going to chill just because we went in, LeBron here, and then LeBron leaves his ass the ve- <laughs> the very next year. And now he just stuck there. And now it's just all shit. But so what I can say is about the Bucks, though, they're be- they they're damn lucky that he still got one more year in his contract yes. to make it up. Yeah. If he was a free agent this offseason, I expect that man to just dip. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But that's why I feel like you have that year to try to make something happen. And it's going to be on them to make something happen. But the good thing about them is he isn't carrying them right now. That's another good thing. If he's, Giannis yeah, he's was been... doing everything and there was nobody else showing up and they mm-hmm. were down 3-0, then yeah, hell yeah. But because he's also a part of the problem and you have an extra year, mm-hmm. him being the leader, he's going to take responsibility because mm-hmm. that's what I, I know from Giannis to do. But then also they're going to have to say, you know, this team needs some work, whether whatever direction they want to take it in, maybe it's the head coaching. Cause we were sent some wild ass quotes from uh coach bud on Twitter. I don't know if y'all saw him. And um, that, that's the thing, but I think I wouldn't be mad at Giannis for giving them an, a, a little chance to make something work because they did construct one of the best rosters that he could have had around him for, for him to be a two time mm-hmm. MVP. Now it's just some roadblocks as far as getting the last thing uh, the cherry on top, which would be the ring. So he's, uh, he's he's going into that territory of like James Harden. You know, we we um, looked at James Harden like he puts up amazing regular season stats, but a lot of us were like, let's go to the playoffs, right? Your regular season is dope. We 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 admire it, but we want to see you successful in the playoffs before we start putting you on this ranking. That's where Giannis is going. And again, Pete mentioned he's only twenty five years old, but um, last year I feel like I personally gave him the benefit of the doubt. You know, when he was up two zero against Toronto, and then the last four games they just clamped him up. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He's twenty four years old. It's his first time being you know really in the playoffs. Playoffs like he had a couple years where they were like seven eight seeds, but like this first time really really being in the playoffs is like the guy. So I gave him a pass, and now we get to this season i can't get that pass anymore right yeah he's um he's he just hasn't been the guy you want him to be and he's playing the game that he knows i'm gonna try to get to the basket but it just so happens that that's not working against the team and i think it was p that in last episode was like the blueprint is out you know every team is gonna wall you up now so we have to work on that in between game when we watch those uh off-season workouts from him if i don't see that man taking mid-range jump shots i'm mad at him he took seven three-pointers this game and didn't hit a single thing. No. And a couple of them didn't even hit the rim. Like, come on, bro. You you need to work on that in-between game. And again, he's 25 years old. He's about to be the two-time MVP. I have trust in him to better his in-between game because every single year we've seen him get significantly better at playing basketball. But yeah. other than that, I, I, I saw this on Reddit. And, you know, Reddit is a great place and a terrible place at the same time. Bucks fans... Bucks fans are out here, right? So this comes from uh, Reverend Games. And as much as we want to say Giannis, you know, struggled or Eric Bledsoe didn't show up for the thousand time in the playoffs or whatever, a lot of this is on Coach Budenholzer. Oh, right? we, we've talked about it, him being a, a great regular season coach. And when it comes to the playoffs, the rotations are trash and this and that. Here here are the things that this guy, Rev, Reverend Games, has pinpointed for Coach Bud. He Is benched from Giannis. Game or just this this, this game series. specifically. Oh, this game. He benched Giannis in the middle of the fourth quarter while the Heat um before the Heat run and the Bucks lost all their momentum. That's one. 
played Giannis only 35 minutes and Chris Middleton 36 minutes in a do-or-die game three. Took Wesley Matthews out of the fourth quarter, who held Butler to a one-for-seven shooting in the past two games, and then Butler went off to score 10 points after he was subbed out. His team turned a 12-point lead to a 15-point loss, and they were outscored 40-13 to in the fourth quarter. That is insane. Yeah, that's when a big part of that was when, he, when I was rewatching this game is why I did notice that he took him out because he played in the first two minutes and then he took him out as soon as the, they cut the lead to four, mm-hmm. and then he put him back in as they the Heat was already getting a mojo. They was already like the, the rotations are terrible, bro. It don't make any sense. We were sent, we were tagged in some tweets from somebody. This is a guy, uh, he's a sports t- tweeter. I guess he's just like a Bucks. He's just a uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee type fan, Bucks, Packers, all of that. And he just, he was posting some uh, quotes from Budenholzer this past season. And they were saying, uh, this is Budenholzer talking about them against a Raptor game they lost or something. And I guess it was the minutes Giannis played. And he said, I don't think playing Giannis 44 minutes is a solution. If we can't win with Giannis at 40 or 40.5 minutes, then Toronto deserves it. Then also in March, uh, when he was asked about adjustments in the playoffs, making adjustments, he said, we kind of do what we do, and hopefully it's good enough. Yeah. So, that's, I mean. That's terrible mindset. I, yeah, I remember I remember that, P. I remember that quote about the, him, like, they deserve to win if he doesn't play. And he had, like, I think a similar quote after this game where he's like, well, everybody's talking about how Giannis and Chris Middleton, they're only playing, like, 36 minutes. He's like, if they have to, they have to where they're playing and at the level that they're playing at, he feels it's too much to go over like that 35, 36 minute mark, which is ridiculous at this point. You know, I they never asked heard deserving his players in the playoffs. Yeah, they asked Shannon. He was like, and I, uh, they asked Shannon if he could play more, and he was like, yeah. And I know he had a little ankle tweak, but those are the type of games where your starters might have to play around forty to forty to forty four minutes. Right? I mean, we okay. saw it with the uh, with Raptors. The Raptors, the Raptors, right? The Raptors were in trouble Raptors going down 0-3, and then they played Kyle Lowry, thirty four year old self, forty plus minutes. Uh, OG Ananobi played 40 plus. Basically, they were like, if we don't win this game, this series is over. And that was not the same mindset for the Milwaukee Bucks for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, minutes go out the window when it's, when it's do or die. I mean, yeah. to, to win, it doesn't matter at what you do or what it takes. You just get the job done. I don't care if that's playing literally. We've seen certain guys play literally every single minute because they had to. Um, and after, if that's what you have to do, I mean, that's just what you have to do, especially in a, in, in a situation like this. Yeah, maybe you're not going to do it in a game one. Maybe you're probably, maybe you're not. Maybe you probably don't even do it in a game two. But when you're already down 2-0 in a game that can change the entire course of the series, you kind of want to make sure you don't go down 3-0 and because history says that it's just nearly impossible. It just, it just really is. And, and especially when you don't have a home court advantage to go to, you know, to try to swing the course of the thing and get some momentum, you're in the bubble. Guys are already probably in their mind mentally going home and packing. Yeah. I said that joke yesterday in Xbox. Like the whole the speech that a player is probably going to give, whoever their leader is, as far as verbal, I'm guessing it may be Giannis. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's somebody else that we don't know, George Hill or Wesley Matthews. The, the little pregame emotional speech that they're going to try to give, we can be that team. Nobody's ever came back from 3 0, but he can be us. Why not us? Nobody's not going to hit. This shit not going to hit because Eric Bledsoe is probably already halfway packed, literally. He might as well have been the way he played. He's literally already probably packing, and and guys are probably already at home, probably already text their kids, see you soon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that. 
that that's part of the, like having those veterans that kind of been there in those situations that overcome those deficits they help because they can bring that type of spiritual you know element to the game but for the for the bucks it's just i don't know it seems like they they always kind of just check out when the game is close it seems like like for them to win they have to have that lead and i have to see them blowing the heat out even in a, even at that like the the heat have shown that they're they're gonna scrap and they're gonna fight back so the bus i don't know they gotta take the care of business they, for for 48 minutes to get that for them to the get a game they show that is because they don't have a guy on their roster that can get his mm-hmm. we talked we talked i think before this series started chris middleton is not that guy we said that as a podcast he's not that guy We've been like, yeah, like I was saying, somebody is DM me talking about Giannis Lee. It's like, why? We knew this for years. This is who Giannis is. Nobody ever expected Giannis to, to like three down three seconds. They need a three, just like the other night. Wasn't that the situation uh, in game two? Game Running two, down three, three yeah. and they yeah, get a no shot off because yeah. they don't have a guy. You don't even know where the ball is going. You just know it's not going to Giannis. And if it is, he's going to make a play. He's not going to try to shoot the three. Like their their top players aren't them, and, it, and if you rank Eric Bledsoe as their third best player, he's not that guy either. Hey, Who is the guy? Rick Lopez be Rick Lopez. Yeah, Rick Lopez be they guy some night. He just go catch and shoot that motherfucker. He's second best player if you ask me right now. He's the only person out there that's hooping. He ain't creating nothing. So I mean, they're gonna panic. This front yeah. office is about to panic. If they go, if they get swept, they lose a five. They're gonna panic. They're gonna be like, "We need to keep Giannis, so we need to get him a star. We need to get him somebody that can help him win." And that might be Chris Paul. Chris Paul posted a whole farewell video on Twitter talking about, "I love OKC. This is a great season." I, uh, Sam Presti kept it a buck with me when I walked into this office after the first day of the trade. I don't know what the future holds, but that basically saying like, "Okay, it was a good season. I'm gonna get traded." And that should be a team that should be calling for Chris Paul, yeah. honestly. They yeah, they could they would love him. I'm That's all they need. They have to give up. After Eric Bledsoe. We there's actually would a trade. Lopez have to go in that deal. No, uh, uh-uh. um, there's if, actually. Guess what? If he did though, send his ass. <laughs> What's the point of keeping him if you ain't if, if you're gonna run into the same thing? If that's yeah. the case, send his ass, put Giannis at the five, and you go and you try to get you a, 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 a whatever type money you got to just go get somebody that can play a four space. You, you don't need yeah. that's another yeah that's that's a really good idea i've been thinking about too p at this point in time where it's so small ball run Giannis at the five man if he really don't got that in between game and you know you don't want to clog up the paint for the other scores as you get him in bring in another bring run Giannis at the five we run don't get the five about the regular season we, we don't care about the regular season if because he's probably they're, they're probably gonna be like we don't want to run run Giannis at the five because then he would have to on a night in night basis guard joel and bead guard centers and do all of that understandable understandable so throughout the regular season do what you have to do but all I, we don't care about no more number one seeds i don't care about how good they are in the regular season anymore just get your ass into the playoffs and get yourself some shit that's going to work in the playoffs yeah because honestly so that's that number, be the main thing that number one seed don't be no help for them because like i said they don't find out what's wrong with their team or their faults until they get to the playoffs and by then it's too late you know, you know, blew every team out in the regular season, but I mean, they know how to play. Everybody knows you're gonna wall up Giannis in the playoffs, and then now what? You're gonna have to survive off those Brook Lopez jumpers. But so no, I do agree with you though. If you yeah. can keep Brook Lopez and Giannis, because Giannis could be the five with Brook Lopez. Yeah, Brook mm-hmm. Lopez would just guard them, and then when we get on offense, yeah. we're gonna put him where the, where the center would be, and we're gonna have Brook Lopez be a stretch four, yeah. and 
Even if you were starting Giannis at the fab, you're going to have like a Robin Lopez dude type to come off the bench and make sure you have somebody to guard those bigger guys. Yeah. So, so back to like the trade, um, I found the article here and it was by Bleach Report. The, the article is kind of trash, but this is actually a trade that makes sense. Um, it was, so you get Chris Paul, you send out Eric Bledsoe, Dante DiVincenzo, Ursa Ilyasova, uh, DJ Wilson in that first overall pick from this year, which is like the last pick in the first round. And that gets you Chris Paul. Financially, it makes sense. Okay. I mean, I would take that. And I'm taking that as the Bucks. I just wonder how my depth is after that. You ain't really get. I mean, you gave up Don, Dante DiVincenzo is the only like piece that's actually playing for them. Ursan doesn't get minutes anymore. DJ Wilson don't get minutes. So it's really just giving up um, Bled and, and Dante, Bledsoe. and Bled ain't done anything. Bled, yeah, Bledsoe. George Hill gives you more serviceable minutes than Bledsoe. <laughs> that's a fact. It's just like the perfect backup. That's the thing. Trades are two way things. Yeah. So if I'm OKC. Do they want that? Yeah, I was thinking. I want thing. Bledsoe. I want everything else, but do I want Bledsoe? Because I have Schroeder. I have Shea. I know Schroeder's future probably isn't solidified as, but I don't think he's a free agent this year. Mm-mm, he's not. So why would I want him? I'll take a three-guard set if it's going to be Chris Paul, but a three-guard set yeah. with Bledsoe, Schroeder, and Shea, and then also Dante DiVincenzo, who I'm going to want to give minutes yeah, to. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're just kind of hoping you're banking on Dante DiVincenzo. You know, that's like the big star piece of it, star potential piece, I guess. Because Eric Bledsoe does still have like three more years on his contracts. So you'd have him there. Um, but I, I think Chris Paul's value is very weird on the market because, of course, even though he's great, he's still a little bit overpaid. And he's older. So, like, you're not going to get, like, a star back for him, obviously. Um, so, it's going to be trades like this. And then, like, the teams like the Lakers giving out Alice Caruso and weak stuff. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm all for it if I'm OKC with everything else. But I just – it puts me in a situation to what do I do with Bledsoe? I literally have no place for him unless we do a three-team trade. But, I mean, what, around the, – look at the league. Where does Bledsoe go? The Chicago Bulls? Nope. <laughs> Throw I mean, the Knicks in that. Throw the, the, the Knicks need that PG if they not trading up for Melo. They're going to try to get Fred Van Fleet. Oh, yeah, true. I mean, for real, where does he go? Yeah, I don't know. Because, um, again, he's a he's a decent player. He just doesn't do anything in the playoffs. That's that's what it boils down to. And he's, uh, let, he's, he's so decent that you, would, he's, you don't look at him and he's just coming off your bench. Mm-hmm. I noticed what he did in the Clippers. The Clippers could use Eric Bledsoe. Clippers could use Eric Bledsoe. Clippers could use an Eric I think Bledsoe. the only way they can make that happen is if they don't bring back Montrez, which is a possibility. I, I, I hope they don't. Why not? <laughs> you don't want them to have Montrez on them? I just feel like that. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll see what the rest of the playoffs determines, but I feel like they, they, they're going to need a point guard, dog. And if, you're, if your only way, if, if bringing him back eliminates that way, then uh, just don't bring him back. What if they win a championship this way, though? Yeah, I mean, then. then then they're good. That's why I just said we have to see what the playoffs yeah. do. Why do you think I said that? Before right. we move on to the next game, can we talk? We talked a lot about the Bucks. We got to give a lot of praise to the Miami Heat as well, uh, especially the guy behind. Not there. us. The entire podcast picked the Heat. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we did. This is like the first thing I think we all, like, as far as an upset goes, mm-hmm. we, we've agreed on like other things. I but- feel like majority of the world looked at the Heat and was like, "This is this might be their series for it." You, I feel like you really just had to like understand how basketball work, especially in the playoffs for you to understand that because your situation where you said, I think it was your sister called you and she's like, her friend was betting the money on the Bucks because mm-hmm. they had like, it was, the odds were in their favor. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to put all this money on them. 
And you told her, like, I think you should go with the heat. Yeah. She ended up not doing it. And, and she, she lost that, the afterwards. She lost that hundred. I was she like, lost. man, I was thinking in my head, like, that guy doesn't know basketball like that. If he just put <laughs> all that money on the bucks, bro. He put yeah. all that money on the bucks. He put, like, a hundred down to say that James Harden is going to drop 40 in game seven. Ooh. Um, One of the twins' best friend has been doing a lot of sports better. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we yeah we we did all pick the Miami Heat here on the show. Um, but they again, Eric Spoelstra is so great, uh, just out coaching the hell out of Coach Bud. Then Jimmy Butler said in his post game interview that you Don told him to take over in the fourth quarter, so he did. Like J- yeah. Jimmy Butler is such a character, and I, I know we got like people in the friend group that don't really love Jimmy Butler, but I love me some Jimmy Butler, bro. I do too. I just think he's just hilarious with some of the like. I just love the. The work aspect. It's just so funny to me to hear. And you know what else he's doing right now? He's He's got the, I don't care about my haircut because I'm all about basketball right now. And yeah, I he like got that porn stash. He's out there with the porn he stash. He got the handlebar it, mustache. It, it fits, the, fitting his, 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 his character that he's been running with for the last few seasons. And he's just doing irritant shit. He's just being irritating to the other team. Like, yep. um, Wesley Matthew in game two foul, bam. And he just went over there and just pushed. Wesley, I don't think Wesley Matthews was even trying to do anything dirty, but Jimmy you know just got to be extra. If we talking about the same thing, you heard, you heard Wesley Matthews be like, "I'm getting tired of you, bro," saying that to yeah, Jimmy Butler. Just like when they played the Pacers, he gets a he gets a fast break. It's a party, woo! I don't even know what that means, but I just know you're being extra. You're just being as extra as can be, extra this, move out the way. No, don't help my teammate up. I got him. That's how Drake used to be. But and the, the height of the Warriors, somebody would, would push over stuff. Oh, let me help you up stuff. No, you on the other team. I'll help him up. I got him. Watch out. And this is this is crazy seeing Jimmy Butler do it. But I love that he's yeah. You're getting like a playoff Jimmy. He's playing better mm-hmm. than he was in the regular season. Mm-hmm. That's what I love. And I love mm-hmm. their team. Man. I just love. I love Drogic. Um I can't believe that. I mean, I can't believe it. But the fact that the rookie Tyler Hero is playing 30 plus minutes in playoff games is crazy. You got Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Um, yeah, they I just, just hope so that they can, that they go can push off through. If somebody's having a cold game, like if it's not uh, Tyler Tyler Hero is going tragic, or it's um, I cannot think of Duncan Robinson. Mm-hmm. They always got somebody that's gonna catch fire at the right time, and then they're also a team like Jimmy Butler was like that final piece of the puzzle for this Heat team. He was like the kind of the heart that kind of glued it all together. But this team has a lot of fight on. They don't back down from nobody, and they definitely kind of feed off the, uh, Jimmy's that's- energy. That's yeah. why I want to see more guys take a page out of his book. I know I said it a lot when we mentioned DeRozan, but I feel like there are certain guys who, if they do their homework, if they really look around, don't look at anything but basketball and, and, and really look at it from, from where you can go and really help a team with what you have to offer. Like, where can you go where what you do elevates the team? Don't worry about how they played or who else is going to be there with other star. And I think Jimmy really did that with this team. A lot of people always bring the 76ers up. And I'm, I'm trying to tell people, I don't think that it mattered. Jimmy Butler wasn't going back there because it just, it wasn't going to be for him because the top two guys was always going to be Joel and Ben. It was never going to be the way he likes to do in Miami from what we know about them and checking body fat and doing this and that, you can only wear their gear when they doing it. Sounds like Jimmy Butler to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to see other guys going forward, do that and stop chasing, um, you know, a certain scene or 
buddying up because then we see a lot of teams buddy up and that shit just is bad. Yeah. It's just bad. Uh, do we want to transition to the, the second game of the night? Let's do it. Them Lakers, the, them, them <laughs> Lakers got whew, destroyed. Destroyed. And I went back to watch this game because I didn't watch it live. And I was so disappointed in Anthony Davis, man. He has this I, thing where, like, he his intensity, some games, he's like, I'm the best player in the league intensity. Then some games, he just kind of there. I mean, if you look at the stat line, you would think that he had an amazing game, right? He had um, 25 points on 10 for 16 shooting, 14 rebounds, three steals, three blocks. No, he, he wasn't great. He wasn't great. And P.J. Tucker, when P.J. Tucker was matched up against him, uh, like, just completely couldn't do anything. Couldn't back him down. Couldn't do anything. I went back and watched the game too. And what I did, didn't do, and it wasn't on purpose. I just realized this by you saying that. I don't know what their stats was. That's the first time I, I, I heard the stats. I don't even know what LeBron had, but you, you're right. From watching it, I didn't feel like Anthony Davis had the game that you just mentioned. And I'm, I'm glad that I didn't look at the stat sheet because I have screenshots from when I was watching of certain plays where it's like, what is he doing? And I, I wanted to <laughs> airdrop it to my laptop so I could share screen. But the shit wasn't working, so it's whatever. But there are certain plays where I have no idea what Anthony Davis is doing because Eric Gordon is matched up with him, and he's on the perimeter. There's yeah. plays where Anthony Davis is just like this with his hands on his knees. There's plays where they they had a play, and I don't know if, if y'all watched, y'all might have seen, James Harden has a steal, and he dunks it. But in order for him to get the steal, the play was JaVale McGee is setting a down screen at the elbow for Anthony Davis to catch it on the three-point line. <laughs> and what world are we running that play against the Rockets? Yeah, a team that switches everything. Literally. And, and a team sure that's, that's five, been... six. And then they're, yeah, and then they're yeah. small, though. I, that's why I'm both reasons. That's... You're right, though, Mike. But why would you do that, number one, when they switch everything? And then um, number two, why are your two seven-footers setting screens for each other from way here? It's a down screen. You know what? Like, even if it works. You want to know why, P? And honestly, I think it's because Frank Vogel wants AD to take like around five to six threes a game to keep the defense. AD honest. wants to take those shots. Don't yeah, play him. I'm telling him, he's, te- he's telling him to take those. Say, don't do that. Those shots, no, no, no. Don't. But Anthony Davis but listen, does not want to bang down low. That's Anthony Davis. That ain't yeah. shit. That's another part of it, too. To Anthony that's Davis, another part of it, too. Because when Anthony Davis catches that ball, a lot of times he's sitting at that free throw line or he's sitting like 15 feet out against P.J. Tucker, and no wonder why you can't back him down no more, because he's, he's already so far out. Yeah. But, I mean, I try not to overreact to these games, because, like, KB, you you and KB were right on. Man. They just don't look like they even want to play most of the time in game one. And, yeah. I mean, to the benefit of any doubt, they be hanging in there still. You know, the game was still close relatively until, I mean, the fourth quarter, and it kind of exploded. But they just don't even seem like they go out there and it's a playoff game. It's like a regular season game for them. So, I mean, I, I, game two, I expect a lot more energy and uh, – just intensity. But, I mean, we, we got to do a better thing and make some more adjustments, too, because, I mean, just rotation-wise, we cannot have Rondo, who just got back. Terrible. Five minutes. And not even I, just that. He turned the ball over like crazy off the bench. Yeah, they all in. And he was shooting three. I mean, he hit two of them. He but hit he two, was, but, bro, those are very good. He could have missed both of those, and it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> like, I also don't like the position that the coaching staff – it's putting him in, though. You put him out there with Markeith Morris, Dwight Howard, and LeBron. Yeah. I mean, that comes with him playing 25 minutes in general. He can't do that, especially when AC has been playing relatively well. And just those minutes can go to somewhere else. I, I also I don't like, like y'all defensively. 
I, mm-hmm. I don't like y'all y'all trying to be the Rockets and switch, and then what that had what that does is you put Kuzma on the island. That mm-hmm. that that bucket. Sit yeah. the fuck down, Kuzma. I thought I said was, I James Harden was going right around his ass. Uh, yeah. JaVale McGee ends up on Russell. Bah, 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 bah. They were they were leaving him. No, he was guarding Russell to start the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He was guarding Russell, Russell to start Russell. the game, and Russell. I mean, he was hitting his middies, but uh, I don't know. It feels like the Lakers almost go out there just so they can get the scouting report real quick and they can make the adjustments for that game. Which is crazy because you could just watch the previous games. Watch the previous series for a scouting report. (laughs) Why do you say the dumbest excuses for the Lakers, bro? They got the (laughs) That's how it feels like they're going out there and playing. No, that is that is just stupid. And I'm just keep it real, because you my guy, that's (laughs) the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Let's go out here. Let's not try no, to. Win. I'm not saying that's the game plan. I'm saying that's that's literally how it feels like. The energy's not there when when the game is getting. That's close. that's who y'all are as a team. Game one though. That's game that. one though. Like, you know what scares me about y'all? Snowball into game two, three, four. It's only so much we can say. Game one though. The Blazers barely made the playoffs. It's time to start playing real basketball. I'm not saying the series is over. But yeah. all of that is game one. They're going to run into a team, and game one is going to be all it takes. And the Rockets ain't the Blazers. The Rockets got two legit top top guys. I mean, Dame is, but Russ and Harden are different when we talk about And guess that. what? The last couple of games, Eric Gordon has been good. The first couple of games against OKC, he was terrible. But the last couple, he been he been hooping. He definitely like, going to be good against the Lakers because I've seen him <laughs> have five wide open threes with LeBron be like, and yeah. then he makes it and look around like, I hate. <laughs> no, it's this. Yeah, it's this one. It's this one. That's why he get cooked. That's that's the expression when he get cooked. But yeah, yeah I definitely I'm watching him like LeBron. You right there. You didn't even step out. And then once he, you look up to see if he gonna make it, and when he do it, he's he's always done it. He's always been the type that when he gets when he gives up a bucket, he like he looks around and everybody else like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, no, it's facts. Yeah. One thing that scares me about the Lakers, though, is that like if you don't get a crazy LeBron game or a crazy Anthony Davis game, there's no, there's nothing else that's really coming from that team. They got right? Bucks, Bucks yeah. syndrome. They yeah. to, they're gonna they go have... against a team, whether it is this series or the next one, if they get out of here, where I don't feel great about because if you don't get the aggressive, I'm dropping 35 in your head, Anthony Davis, and you don't get King King James, the other team is gonna win. And you know who who does do that? Harden. I'm not saying he gets it done all the time, but Harden and Russell are going to try to get there. Forty, they're going to yeah. try to get it. They're going to try. I would love, and again, I'm, I'm with, I would love to see LeBron get his ring and everything. But the way that this, the, the, the bubble is and everything with how things are shaping up to be, I would love, and we might not even get it. I'm just talking. This is a, just what I would love, not what I think is going to happen. Miami Heat versus Houston Rockets final in the bubble would be a sight to see. Mm-hmm. Two dark horse teams. That wasn't anybody's top picks to go to the finals. That That's weren't playing. Um, and if boom. you remember, if you remember New York, the live show, we did our championship predictions. For some reason, I picked Houston. So, so did you, you pick know? them in pre-bubble? Hell no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did no. you pick pre-bubble? I don't remember. I probably did Clippers. Did we pick? Uh, I don't know. If we picked as a podcast. I probably, I mean, I would. I know the number they had the damn Bucks. I, it's so mind blowing to see shit like this happen, like with the Bucks, and I, I don't want to go back to them. But then Twitter reactions, like, oh, it's like, bro, y'all didn't see these certain things. Oh man, they need a shot creator. <laughs> Watch through the wire. We've been saying that for the past two years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Giannis can't do this and that. 
<laughs> when has he ever? It's just it's just funny. It's a scene like Twitter is like Facebook as far as basketball. They get the shit way later. Mm. Way later. Like, oh wow, the Bucks are gonna need a shot creator. Oh my gosh. Did he have a nice team? <laughs> Overall, <laughs> like this seven he had to go seven and zero in the playoffs for people to give them some fucking attention. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, I, we you know we don't want to super overreact, especially to a game one with the Lakers. You know, um, yeah. just a bad performance by them. Shout out to Houston, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Eric Gordon, PJ. I am gonna overreact if y'all go down with two though, Mike. Oh I, I, no, I was gonna say oh, yeah. if we go if we go down O two, yeah, we gotta start wearing because you know the Rockets you know, gonna have the Rockets gonna Rockets. have that. Yeah, the They'll Rockets just gonna. Yeah, we. I was gonna say I did just see them last years where James Harden didn't want to touch the ball in that fourth quarter when the game was on the line. So I mean, but I mean, the more the more confidence we give the Rockets that they could beat us, then it's gonna be worse. So definitely, we gotta we gotta make sure we win game two. I agree. It's just so it's so funny with the Rockets that like, yeah, any other series if a team goes down 0-2 this far at this point in the playoffs, it's like damn. But it's like even then you can't kind of overreact because the Houston Rockets will go up 2-0 and then they will beat themselves and it will be yeah. tied. We just they actually just did. Yeah, that yeah. no, they, they did. did. Yep. So if they made me the Thunder. They do it to the Lakers. Yeah. I just know one thing. Some of these screenshots that I got, Anthony Davis won't be able to do, man. It, 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 it was it was crazy. I wish I really could have airdropped him because, I mean, bro, I I just don't understand. I just knew he was going to be in the post, just yeah. bodying motherfuckers, <laughs> at least trying. He had some He's post moves. Ain't hard, but everybody yeah. else, he was just like, eh. P.J. Tucker, I'm cool. I'm telling you, he's <laughs> taking them post phase. He love post fade. Love them post fades, bro. It's a it's a nice like it's a super it's a nice shot for him, but it's just like when you got a six five hard and six five PJ, it just don't look like a good shot. Right. And it makes sense because I seen a play with him with his hands on his knees while the play was going on. He just didn't even try. He was just tired. But it's like that makes sense because you're exerting way more energy into those moves than you have to. Just back him down. Backing a guy down is way more easier when they're this taller than much taller than you than trying to do a turn around fade that's a lot of energy you're putting into that yeah. move baby you're taking yourself out the game i'm selling for that type of shot mm. yeah and it had almost been a full week since the lakers had played basketball if you think about it they just been sitting yeah. on how did ice. danny green shoot terribly how did kcp shoot? danny green light kcp <laughs> light no they know they still haven't had one of those games where they're like okay they hit you know five plus threes or something like that they're still just been yeah <laughs> Which I mean, that's working for Houston because they they love to help off and uh, give extreme help to like LeBron yeah, and AD scored now because I surely didn't look two for seven for Danny Green and one for five for Contavious one for five from Cal Kuzma and Danny Green hit his first shot man I thought that was yes. gonna be a big they was rolling big. seven nothing seven nothing rolling it was looking real good for them that nice corner three. Uh, let's go back. Let's go back to the night before. We had a couple big games. We had um, the Clippers destroying the Denver Nuggets in the game one. Um, this feels like you remember with the Portland Trailblazers how they exerted all of this energy to get to the playoffs, and then they had their game, and then after that, it was just like over with. That's how I feel with the Denver Nuggets. I'm not counting them out because they were down three one last series, but they put so much into that series to come out of it. This game one, they fell right on their face. The defense was amazing by the Clippers, and Kawhi is still a monster. Like, just I really, we really, really see him miss a shot. Yeah, if I'm Jamal Murray, this is like this is a series that, like, when you go into it, you just know you're gonna be bombarded with nothing but good defenders. And Pat mm-hmm. Bev, Marcus Morris, Kawhi, Paul George, 
it's not the series for him because he just came off of one of the hottest streaks that we've ever seen. So this is just a series where he's going to be calmed down. Jokic played solid. I like what I saw from Jokic. He definitely put his stamp on his end, but everything else was kind of, man, Jokic is like the only bright spot of that game. Yeah. The reality of the NBA, man, it's, it's funny. You get on that high horse, you get knocked down real real quick because he was, he just had his, his best, some of his best performances in that previous series, like you said. But yeah, you come here and it's, it's a different ball game. But um, yeah, like the Clippers had their rest with the Mavericks and then the Jazz, the, the Nuggets had to play against the Jazz all seven games. So the Clippers came out and did what they had to do. Um, this is a scary situation for the rest of the Western Conference because now if uh, if the Clippers beat up on them and allow to get more rest and, and guys are getting their swagger back because Patrick Beverly and, and, and a few guys, they, they came, you know, they, they missed time in that first series. A lot of shit was kind of off key for them. Montrez Harrell came back. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Pat Bev was hurt. Didn't Lou Will miss like the first game? Uh, yeah. I think he came back in the bubble, didn't he? He oh, came back like in the, the bubble games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he was cool. Okay, but yeah, now you're getting those guys and, and able to Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrow able to get their rhythm back against this team and the Clippers start getting their confidence and meshing, uh, then yeah, it will be scary. And this is the Nuggets are the type of team where you can kind of the Clippers probably will try to use them and get their shit back. Yeah. Because they can beat up on them. Um they can. Uh yeah. the Nuggets also can steal a game or two. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers did beat up on them. Uh and Yoke is gonna have to be great, D Mills. Uh solid and good is cool, but he has to be great because they don't have anybody that should be able to fuck with him. He also was giving up a lot of buckets at the rim. His Facts. rim protection is non-existent. You need to speak. Defense and Nuggets should not come up for this game one. <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's the Inver Nuggets, man. Inver no nuggets. reason to analyze anything that they did defensively. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we just can't give uncontested dunks to people. <laughs> we? I, mean, oh, the, I heard a no, we in the, I heard the a Clippers. we. The Clippers. See the heat in the background. Man said we. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be tough, man. Cause last series it just felt like it was just the Donovan, not Donovan Mitchell. It was the your mom married Donovan Mitchell show. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, offensively for the for the Nuggets, it felt like it was a Jokic to Jamal Murray show. Nobody really showed up. I mean, they had a game where like Monte Morris would have a good game or something like that. But for the against this Clippers team, they Jamal Murray gonna have to drive a fifty point game, or Jokic gonna have to have like a thirty point triple. The the the, the sub members on this team just haven't stepped up. They're definitely missing Will Barton. Will Barton is a big piece. I'm waiting for the MPJ game, man. I want an MPJ game so bad. I don't even care if they lose the series. I just want to see him have like that game. But he just gets killed defensively. So it's, yeah, everybody. You know what? I would say in that game seven, his defense. What was the game six? One of them games, I was watching. I'm like, wow, his defense wasn't that bad today. But <laughs> that one, it was. Just, it was just one game. It was just one game out of the eight playoff games they played so far. Um, but let's go back even further. Same day, but the first game today was the real one. We had the Raptors Celtics. That was a dog fight. Came down to the last point five seconds where Cal Lowry throws this amazing pass over seven seven nine taco fall lands right po- perfectly in the pocket of OG Ananobi. He gets it off. He hits it and he has this like a no reaction reaction to hitting a series season saving jump shot. It was just beautiful. Like I can't. I can't. Express how cool that pass was. They land right in the bread basket for OG. Like that's an a tough ass pass. Yep. And for yeah, OG, have... VR ruined this for me because 
I, I had rewatched that Kimba play. I had rewinded it because I wanted to see what happened. Mm. I was like, damn, this is the ice. And I, I wanted to rewatch that play. And all of a sudden, I get a notification saying, Raptors up 105, 104, 103. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> then OG hit the corner shot. I'm like, bro, that happened with now you know how I feel because your ass do it all the time in the Xbox party. Facts. For whatever reason, you cannot. A motherfucker will tell Contreo, Contreo say, Yo, D Mills, chill. I'm a little delayed. Your your TV ahead of mine for whatever reason. Oh, okay. Game when the shot come. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, bro. I told you to chill. He and then he, he he be coming in like, oh my fault. I thought my mic was muted. No, and damn No, and damn well. He just told him 30 seconds ago. Yo, oh you you right, KB. My fault. Let me. I'm a yeah. You right. And then literally 20 seconds later, just everything go out the window. Oh, this I'm like, this guy here so good. Now you know how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and you be on the same speed, and I still don't like that shit, because it's like, bro, relax. Yeah. Um, but completely completely save the season. Because, I mean, save again. the outlook. If the, you go save. down 0-3, it's over with. And I had a Celtic fan say the wildest shit to me. What do you say? Oh, come on, P. You know the Celtics deserve it. Then another, I didn't even reply. Another, well, I didn't. I said it's the beauty of basketball. You know what I mean? Like, 0.5, you think the game is over? It's the beauty. Another fan replied to him, though, with a with a, a, a valid point. Like, how could you say the Celtics were more deserving when this man just hit a 0.5 game-winning <laughs> three? What do you mean? He didn't deserve it at all? I was like, facts. There's a clear cut. How did they deserve it more? And he just hit a game-winner 0.5 with the, the pass Lowry had to throw. How do y'all feel about Fran Van Fleet talking about they didn't fucked up now? So fast. I, I can respect that. I mean, they, yeah. they were down 0-2 last year. And, and shout back. out to him because his play gets overlooked by this wonderful play. But that reverse layup he had, that shit was cold-blooded. That was a clutch-ass reverse layup. Him and and I can't wait for the Knicks to, to, to have that. They could have called a foul on that one. If we talking about the same yes. one. Yeah, they, yes. they could have called a foul on that one. And I'm surprised he didn't argue it. But hell yeah, that would have got me... Uh, let me not say tech because then that ruins it all. But. <laughs> but even on top of that, we had Cal Lowry putting up a big game offensively and defensively. And then we already mentioned the pass. I mean, if you remember last year when they were going against the Bucks and they were down 0-2, that game three went to went to overtime, right? So this is a team that when they hit that switch, it may be the last possession to hit that switch, but once it's on, you, you don't know where it's going. So um, just that – just. It only takes one possession. And I got to give a lot of love to Kemba. On that pass to Daniel Tice yeah. that we thought was the game winner, disgusting. Disgusting yeah. pass. Disgusting game. He had an amazing game, too. Yeah. Where he's just like, man, I know he he wished he would just dish that pass off 0.2 seconds a little bit later. Because at that point, OG don't got time to get the shot up. I'm going to need Pascal Siakam to never allow that to happen again. Don't ever give that. I know it's still a great pass, but it was open because you were – what was he shading to? Like Marcus. he was shading like three no. people. He yeah, was shading like, like three people. Always give up the three and not the two. Always, always. And Pascal, we need to come on, man. Come on. It's that time to hit over overdrive, Pascal. And he wasn't. He wasn't game plan for him. Come on, Norman. Yeah, he wasn't bad this game either, though. But we haven't had a Norman Powell game at all, not yet mm-hmm. in this series. Um, and I'm assuming we'll get one of him dropping twenty. One. You know. Just one. It only take one. That bench player come up, coming off, and yeah, it only take one. It I thought the one. Celtics was definitely gonna win this game because we mentioned we these. Well, yeah, I mean the yeah. Celtics win those grinded out teams. Mm-hmm. They yeah. win those grinded out games when Jason. I'm just talking shit with you. Don't be shooting so well. 
He don't even think he heard me, do you? I don't think so either. <laughs> I was just trying to be a dickhead, Mike. My fuck. He was yeah. like, I, 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 I thought the Celtics was gonna win because of I'm like, yeah, they were with point five seconds left. Like, nah, nah, I'm just, I'm just joking. Hey, they, some they, people turn their game off, bro. They have I been, can... um, they have been doing anything, um, as far as the granted. I, I'm win or lose. I'm thoroughly impressed with the Celtics. They can shit the bed and lose the rest of the season, but they have played tremendous basketball. Um, I think they have a solidified two wings going forward that's going to make them scary because Jalen Brown, um, Jalen Brown actually deserves an apology from me because when he was trying to get that money, um, I was like, he's wild then. I was just saying, and I'm never saying somebody doesn't deserve it, but I was just like, damn, like, you feel me? Like, damn, you, you, you going for, you going for it? He he wanted his money, right? Yeah. And rightfully so. He, I see he what you mean because he was he, we were, he's kind of baking on his potential. It's not like he was playing at the, he yes. he's playing at that current time. He deserved that money. You're he was absolutely like, no, nah, right. I deserve that money because I'm a, I'm just that good. I'm gonna get that. Yes, which and is it's it's always good to see somebody like when like you said baking on the potential, but the potential came right away. They yeah. didn't have to wait three more years because then it looks funny in the light. It's like oh. But you say you shut that up. Nobody's questioning that at all anymore. When when Tatum gets paid, we won't question that all anymore. Um, and I think they're solidified. And then you also add Kimball with them. I, I just love Jalen Brown's game. I know we talked yeah. about it um, a few times, but I think Jalen Brown has a very very um, Kawhi Leonard esque game. Yeah, I was gonna say I like his defense almost more than his offense sometimes. Like I yeah. seen him guard, no, you know, definitely, definitely Kyle Lowry, then Freddie, then he'll go guard Pascal on the block and block his shot. Like his defense is off the charts. Definitely. Hey, here, here's all the players that got like their rookie scale extensions this season. Mm-hmm. And you hey, know, wait, wait. can we try to guess some? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, we know Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Sabonis. Sabonis. Uh, help me, D. Mills and Mike. Jamal. Jamal Murray. Didn't Jamal Murray. Yep. Jamal Murray. Okay. The rookie. How many uh, are we to go? Uh, you got one. Two, Two, three, four, five, and six. But I'll give you five. This last one you're not gonna you're not gonna get because right, I, I don't even know. Let's think, y'all. I feel like it's some obvious. Wait, who, who have y'all already said? You said Jamal. You said JB Brown. Sabonis. Brandon, Sabonis. Wait, Brandon Ingram didn't get his money yet. No. Nope. This is his year, though. It's people. This is one of the times you just gotta look at the standards and look at the teams and be like, okay. Yeah, my mind is gonna blank on the team. Two of these guys became well. One of these guys is already an all star. Devin and Booker, Carl Anthony Towns. No, no, they got theirs last year. Oh, this for okay this year. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're um, right. And this other guy blossomed into an all star and is still Bam. in the playoffs right now. Bam. No, Bam has not got an extension yet. He's up for one this year though. Y'all, y'all gonna really be mad at yourself for not mentioning these two players. You know, oh, one of wait. them is a. No, go ahead and say what you say. I thought one of them is a point that. guard. Got an extension, a max extension, um, hundred and sixty-eight million dollars. Mike, he... can you tell me the teams? I have my my teams is out of the one. Just name me the team. Oh. Ben Bucks, Ben Raptors. Simmons, yes. Ben Simmons, right. Ben Simmons. And the other one is also an all-star. First time all-star this year. Y'all haven't said him, but y'all probably think y'all said him. He's not in the playoffs no more, right? He is in the playoffs. First time all-star. Jason Tatum? Not JT. 
Wait, is this Siakam? Oh, he ain't Siakam. It is Siakam, yeah. Um, the other guys, this is a guy who wanted his bag so much so that in a preseason workout, he looked at the GM and was like, pay me. Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill, okay. Um, this other guy was one of the best defensive players we've seen from a young guard. DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray. Um, and these last two guys play for the same play for the same team right now. One of them um, had the opportunity to be a lead star in the bubble. Jaron Jackson Jr. No. Yeah, he didn't get paid yet. A lead star. Mm-hmm. Made the playoffs in the game one. People were expecting him to maybe drop forty, but instead he had like fifteen assists. Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert. Oh. And he's got a teammate that you would not think that he just got a rookie extension, but Nope. Yeah, I know. I know. No. I didn't even know he's this guy was on a steal a rookie deal. He's probably spent four years in college though. Spencer? Not Spencer. Joe Harris. Not Joe Harris. Oh, he's a free agent. Um <laughs> Oh, he got Torian Prince. Torian Prince. Torian Prince is the last guy. And if they, you look, if you look at all of these, none of them turned out to be bad contracts. I guess the Buddy Hill one could be looking at a bad contract. But even Dejounte Murray, I mean not Dejounte Murray, but Jamal Murray is blossoming into what we believe can be a star based on his play. We got the news that uh, Utah and Donovan Mitchell are going to do theirs. They're yeah. going to do theirs. Um, but all of these contracts look pretty good. The Buddy Hill one is still kind of iffy. I think that's more of his situation. I mean, yeah. no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Four, four years, eighty-six million is what he had got paid. Plus, the next year was like seventy-nine. Four years, sixty-four mil. Sixty-four. They got Dejounte on a steal, man. Yeah, but he can get up to six more million in incentives if he does this. This probably defensive teams and shit like that. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. We we got some vet extensions, but these are eh, not as fun. Not as fun. Some what extensions? Some veterans. Veteran. They got extensions to the season. The like ve- Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala. Yep. Two years, thirty million. <laughs> I mean, I mean, his defense has been amazing in, in the playoffs, so maybe he's worth yeah. that money right now. But yeah, he's stopping reigning MVP. I guess so. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got for today's episode. We got games tonight, um, of course, that we'll be watching and. And one thing that's coming up for you guys has got to this point. We should have mentioned this in the beginning. Um, soon, check our Twitters and stuff because we're going to do a Through the Wire post-game live show on Twitch. We're like right after the last game is over, you're going to get an episode of Through the Wire live where we react to the games. We don't know the exact date or which Call games are going to be. next week, Tuesday and Thursday. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of those two. So just check our Twitters. Uh, we'll be tweeting them out. And uh, we expect to see y'all there or we're going to fight. For real. We Peace. Out. Why, God?